want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signing, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Matt Conable on the line, and he is the founder and creative director over at William Henry Studio. Matt, welcome to the show. Adam, thanks for having me. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at William Henry Studio. I mean, you've been in business over 20 years, huge accomplishment as an entrepreneur. Um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit further into your background. So how did you get started in business in your career? Um, strange winding tale. I, uh, I dropped out of college at 19. Uh, I was on the East Coast to take a job as a grunt in a little knife shop on the West Coast. Um, I was just enthralled with, well, at the time I was not enthralled with, with college and bold-faced terms and textbooks, and um, I was enthralled with the form and function and art and utility and sort of the idea of creating things um, that were both beautiful, functional, and had sort of a lasting and enduring legacy. Um, and that was, at the time, it was just, hey, I'd rather do this today than that other thing. Uh, I was 19, and um, and I just never quite managed to stop doing that. So um, that <laughs> led. I, I worked a sort of a sort of an apprentice, not a formal apprenticeship, but I worked in this other small knife shop for about three years. Then I was in Arizona for three years, uh, set up my own um, shop. So I was sort of a sole author artisan. Um, making one-of-a-kind um, knives, mostly at the time, like kitchen knives and hunting knives, and gradually moving into high-tech high folding knives. And then, um, again, sort of by strange turns and twists, um, I thought I was going to get hard shoes and go get a graduate degree and join the regular working world. Um, uh, and instead, I had the opportunity to start William Henry. I was approached by... Um, a uh, one of my collectors um, who was relatively well healed um, who offered to become a partner in me building a business to sort of expand on the work I'd been doing in my mid-20s as an artisan and um, you know sort of by tw again by twists and turns the rest is history so that was 1997 and I decided to combine our middle names my middle name's William and his is Henry and that's where the name came from um, he hasn't been involved in the business for many, many years now, but without that pivotal moment, William Henry wouldn't have existed, and I probably would have gone off and gotten an MBA, and who knows where I'd be now. So, What an amazing story. I love it, and I've obviously seen the work, and we're going to get further into that for everyone listening. I mean, WilliamHenry.com, they're absolutely beautiful knives. I mean, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Um, and I, I can't wait to get more into that. But before we do, I know that yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners listen to this. And I did start off with saying, you know, um, it's quite an accomplishment to have been in business for over 20 years. So that being said, there's all, there's some younger entrepreneurs that are maybe just getting started. Maybe they're in those uh, young mat shoes um, of when you first got started <laughs> as an entrepreneur. Um, what kind of advice would you give to that to that younger listener out there or that maybe Matt that was just getting started? started on being an entrepreneur? 
Um, that's a tough one. You know, it's um, it, it feels like um, it feels like when you look back at a um, at an arc of a career that's been you know modestly successful. I mean, I will say that you know Jeff Bezos started Amazon the same year I started William Henry, so there are levels of success. Um, <laughs> um, but it wasn't. You know, I can't say that it was all by design. You know, for me, this resonated with me. Um, I believed in it. I didn't know if there was a business there. I didn't know if there were, in fact, many thousands of people that would be interested in what I was doing, the quality that I was going to do, the price that that was going to cost. Um, but I believed in it. Um, it felt true to me. Um, and that was enough. And of course, you know, I was also, well, I was 26, I was 27. So there was that sense of, hey, you know what, if this doesn't work, I'll figure out something else. But maybe this can work. And maybe it's a chance for me to actually articulate what feels true um, um, and make a living at it. And I feel very blessed that I could have. But I mean, I would say <sighs> the money is. Uh, the money is relatively modest, honestly, but it's a byproduct. I didn't do this. I needed to make a living, but I didn't do this to say this is my path to economic success. I did this because I believed in it, um, and I still do it because I believe in it. And there was always, and I always hoped. And in fact, it's borne out much to my, um, you know, much to my happiness that by staying true to what I believed in and my vision, and that was true from the product to the culture of the company, to how I hired and treated people, to this sense of we're all in this together. Um, um, I had a very specific worldview. I didn't even know that I did, but, but in retrospect, I did. Um, and by attending to that one day at a time, putting my best foot forward, saying, what's the best damn thing I can do today? And then challenge myself to do something better than that tomorrow. Um, you know, sort of the, at this point, you can sort of look back and say, oh, well, this is what, uh, this is what the outcome was. But there's also a lot of dumb luck. Um, you know, I feel like it was timing and positioning and, you know, where I was and having good people around me. Um, you know, and, but it's, it's been a great ride. Um, and it continues to be most days, not all days. But I will say that, that, you know, whatever it is you're going to do or you imagine doing as, a, as an entrepreneur, um, my advice is don't do it because this is how I'm going to get rich. Do it because this is what I believe in, and I think that I make the world a little bit better place for doing it. And as weird as that is to say about luxury pocket knives and the other things that we do, I took, again, not really knowing what I was doing, I took a chore a necessary range of tasks and I turned it into a ceremony and I took a tool and turned it, turned it into an heirloom. Um, and that in some small weird way, um, I think does make the world a better place. Um, so I think keeping your eye on sort of a more grand vision, uh, of, of how you fit in the difference that you make, um, is much more likely to yield a good outcome. And of course that has to be married with, some business acumen and the reality of spreadsheets and all the other things, but that's um, um, but I feel like the success that I've had is mostly a byproduct of that original vision and trying to stay true to it. 
That's awesome. And I mean, just throwing this out there, so I'm, I'm looking at the work and I've looked at it before, even um, and I'm researching for this interview, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a this is a this is a clear cut example of how. Um, someone really had to follow their passion and really want to do something that wasn't going to make sense on paper. If you would have ever created any type of business plan or any type of model and said, yeah, so what's the market for $3,000 pocket knives? Uh, I'm guessing yeah. that probably most people are going to say, yeah, you should think about doing something else, Matt. Uh, nobody's going to buy $3,000 pocket knives. Like you couldn't have, have kind of projected that. I don't, I can't even imagine what type of study would look like yet yeah, of, of how you could do that how you could pull it off i can imagine the beginning it was like one knife at a time we're gonna do it guys <laughs> and yeah, we're, gonna exactly. it. we're gonna keep exactly. on i mean because there's no other way to pull something off like this in my opinion um but that being said let's uh let's uh, that's a good transition let's let's switch it up i do want to get into what you're doing over at william henry um you told us a little bit about the background um so tell us a little bit more mm -hmm. about the company please mm-hmm mm -hmm. oh we're we are based in Oregon, about an hour southwest of Portland, kind of in the heart of Oregon's wine country, Pinot country there. Um, and, you know, if I could, you know, if I could turn on a machine and these could spit out, or if I could, honestly, making this stuff is not easy. Or, you know, a typical production cycle on a knife is over a year. Um, wow. So, yeah, it, it's incredibly convoluted. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them. I'm just thinking to myself, a year to produce one knife, that's amazing. Continue, please. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyhow, if I could turn on a machine and crank these out, or if there was a factory that had all the capability to do this, and I could just say, here's my design, and you make it, I would. I'm not proud of that. I'm not. But I couldn't articulate the thing that I wanted to put into the world any other way than build it from the ground up. And so that is the studio. Um, we contract with lots of subcontractors around that do specialty sort of treatments or use our some part of our knife or something as a canvas for their artwork. But in the end, I've got uh, a great, great group of artisans that I've cultivated over many years um, and trained in the sort of particular weirdness that is William Henry. And so we've got, I think, about 40 people total um, of which about 24 are in production. So we have a knife shop, which is the biggest. We have a pen shop, and we have a full jewelry shop. And again, as we decided to transition to take sort of that core knife DNA and bring it across into other products like pens, like money clips, like jewelry, we're looking at leather goods and other things now, the, uh, the sense was we're not going to get this right or get it as good as it could be unless we own the production. We can't just sub this out to some big jewelry factory um, because they're going to make stuff that is too much like everything else that's out there, and that's not what William Henry is. William Henry is its own weird, specific sensibility um, that, you know, for obvious reasons we're attached to and proud of. So that's um, – but it's it's been an interesting transition because we are still, as you sort of alluded to, I've been doing knives for 31 years now. Um, William Henry has been doing knives for 23 years now, and we, again, not realizing it, but we kind of created the luxury knife category in the broader market. It just didn't exist before we were around. There were single artisans, like I used to be, making beautiful knives, but there, there wasn't any distribution system for those. They weren't. You couldn't go into a store 
you know, in your town that sells Rolex and other fine brands and see anything like what we were doing. So we, we basically created a category. Um, the reality is that their knives are amazing. Um, and they are man's sort of first and most essential tool and they continue to be relevant today as they were 3000 years ago. But there's also limitations around it culturally. Knives have their own particular stigma, no matter how beautiful you make them. So um, it was a pivot to take that original DNA and that intention and those mechanics and precision materials and techniques and all of that and say, let's broaden into a wider range of stuff, mostly aimed at men, but, but not exclusively, that give men a way to um, sort of accessorize and personalize um, um, and adorn themselves because there are so few options and hence the writing instruments that we do, hence the expanding range of jewelry, um, but all sort of coming from that original intention and that sort of core weird rock that we came out from under, which is this sort of artisan knife world that most people don't know about. But it's been really exciting to take all of those, all of that learning and those techniques and materials and all of the kind of attention that we pay and bring it into a wider range of product um, and a wider range of ways that people can find resonance in this brand and make our stories part of their own story, you know, in a bracelet, in a pendant, soon be in rings, in a writing instrument, in a money clip, and yes, certainly in pocket knives. So, absolutely amazing. And uh, so, Matt, if somebody's listening to this and they mm-hmm. want to uh, learn more about William Henry, the overall brand, and I, and by the way, I've looked at your website. I mean, you do cufflinks. You have all these amazing things that you're doing. It's a crazy um, amount of craftsmanship that goes into each piece. It's just, it's all just beautiful stuff. Um, if somebody Thank wants you. to learn more, what's the best route for them to do that? Well, absolutely, the best route is um, is the website. I mean, that's a great. It's the best portal that we have. And from there, which is WilliamHenry.com, as obvious as it could be. Um, and from there, um, we do have about 300 retailers um, that carry the line in 19 countries. So that's actually fairly thinly spread. But we have a great – you can buy directly from us online. We have great service and support and all of that. And you can also – check our dealer locator and see if there's anywhere close where you can actually go feast your eyes on this stuff in person, put it in your hand and get a real sense of what it is that we're doing because photos will take you so far. Um, but the way that, that these things actually hold in your hand or wear or write or whatever it is, there's no real comparison. So if there's somewhere close, that's great. And if there's not, by all means, um, you know, we're here to, to serve however we can. Fantastic. Well, hey, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, Matt, and sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing over at William Henry. Uh, And to the audience, as always, uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. Um, Share this with your friends and family. I mean, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. It really does mean a lot to me. And Matt, thanks again for coming on the show.